And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. Now, gains are a part of life, and maybe you know that. You get a little older, you reveal uh, some extra gains in your body. So after she had gained a little bit of weight, a husband bought his wife a dress sized two sizes smaller than she could fit into. And with a little note that said, I look forward to seeing you in it, you know, in some hearts and stuff like that. The next day, she repaid his kindness and bought him a gift, had it delivered. And she took that same note and stuck it in his gift. But what did she get him? A coffin. (laughs) Well, we find that our Bible reading, we're dealing with net gains. And what is a net gain? Uh, Now, you have two types of gains in the financial world. The gross gains, and it comes from the French word G-R-O-S, which could mean fat and or big or thick. And the gross gain is the whole gain. That's everything, okay? But the net gain is what you are left over with after loss, after expenditures and, and every other thing, charges. And, and So the net gain is, it comes from the French, which means pure. So the net gain is what you have after everything is deducted, right? Have you ever gotten a paycheck before and it, it shows the top line and you're like, wow, that much money? But that's not the bottom line, right? That's before you take it home. And then the government comes in and you have an uncle. Everyone has an uncle named Sam. So Uncle Sam comes in. I'm going to take this. And then Mr. Uh, Medicare Medicare comes in and takes this. And Mr. Security comes from the social office and takes that. And maybe if you have a 401k plan or you have a, uh, you know, uh, uh, health insurance or different things. And if you have city taxes. So these are things that are deductions. And then you get your paycheck and you take it home. Noticeably smaller, right? Not two sizes smaller for the dress, but smaller. <laughs> and then you go and you pay your car payment and your house payment and, and all the other payments. And you go shopping at Walmart and they say, what, that much money? I've only got a few bags of stuff. And then you go this and you get gas. And then you come home and it's a noticeably smaller amount. But that would be that net gain. After all of those things are taken away, that is what your profit is after all is said and done. And I really believe that as we look in our Bible reading, we will find, first of all, that Jesus wants you to have a net gain in your life. God desires for us to profit. So let's introduce what happened here. So Jesus was preaching. Uh, He taught the word of God by the lake of Gennesaret. So what's the lake of Gennesaret? It's also known as the Sea of Tiberias. Never heard of it, preacher. It's also known as the Sea, but it's really a lake. It's also known as the Sea of Galilee. You've probably heard of that. It's a big, big lake. It's not actually like the Mediterranean Sea, but it's a big lake. And he saw two ships by by the lake. So the fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. Why? Because the fishermen fish at night when the fish are biting. And so they're washing their nets and cleaning up for the next day. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Peter's ship. And he said, can you just come out a little bit? So I'm going to make my podium, the pulpit, your boat. 
And so Peter did that. And Peter was probably sitting in the back of the boat. And Peter, uh, Jesus taught the people out of the ship. And so when he had left speaking, he said, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. So when you, know, when you work for Jesus, God will take care of you. And so that's what Jesus was doing. He said, I've used your boat. I've used your stuff. Uh, let, let, let's just, I'm going to make it up to you. And so Simon answered, said, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And we'll talk about that in a moment. And when he had this done, our Bible reading, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. That's the gross profit, right? But then something happened. Their net broke. And uh, the fish began to escape back into the water. And so they beckoned their partners and they came and they filled their boats and then the boats began to sink. And uh, so that's where we stand right now. So first of all, we see by this one account, but by throughout the word of God, that Jesus wants your life to have a net gain. God desires to fill your life. If you read the book of Genesis, what did God do? In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. Well, what did he begin to do after that? He separated the light from the darkness and then he, he made uh, the atmosphere and then the dry land and uh, all of the trees and the, the uh, uh, plants were put in. And then the solar system was set there. And then uh, the fish, right? Was it first the fish of the sea and different things? And then the animals and then man. And then he rested. Well, we see that there's an order. He formed the earth and then he filled it up he wanted to be blessed and full and didn't he do the same thing with man he formed man what out of the dust of the ground well what did he do after that you're good no he didn't say that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul you see god's not content just to kind of have you just formed there dead lying on the ground god wants to fill you. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. That God wants to give us things that will have a gain when everything else goes away, when there's time takes its toll, when uh, you know rust takes its toll on your car or rust takes its toll on your body. But Jesus said, my words won't pass away. The Bible says that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That God gives us things to profit us. That faith, that hope, and love are things that will not go away. The Bible said that your joy should be full. The Bible said that you should be filled with all the fullness of God. God wants you to gain in your life. God wants to bless your life. The Bible says that there's something that you have to do though. He has, to, he has some instructions. There are some things that are counterintuitive. You see, God wants to bless us, but God wants to bless us His way. You know that if you've had kids, they want to do it their way. Well, God's not a Burger King God. He is not. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but He's not Burger King. Well, what's Burger King? You can have it your way. You know that I'm not. You can't have it your way with God. And Peter thought he was Burger King, but not the King of Kings. Because Jesus said, well, Peter, let down your nets for a draft. And you know what Peter said? He didn't say it, but he's like, you don't know anything about fishing. They're not biting now. We were washing our nets. And you know how big these nets are? They would use these huge nets. 
and they would throw them. They wouldn't cast a line. That's not how commercial fishermen fish. They'd throw these huge nets out. Like, have you ever seen someone fish for, like, shrimp? And they would have weights on them and catch them, and they'd cinch them up and pull all these fish up. Well, they were washing them. They were folding them, and they were probably fixing them. And they didn't want to mess them up. They didn't want to take them out and throw them out there. They didn't have to fold them up. And so Peter didn't want to offend Jesus, so he said, Nevertheless, at thy word, because you're a master, you're a nice guy, good preacher, we'll let one down. You know, just to show you you're wrong. But he didn't say that, right? He's trying. You ever wanted to say something, but it was an elder or something, you, you, but you thought they were so wrong, but you tried to be polite, and so you kind of half did something? Well, you know, when we half do something from God, we'll suffer a loss. <laughs> you see, when God said, let down your nets, who was Jesus? He was the one who created all things that are made, that are seen, that are unseen, that are physical, that are spiritual, that are powers. He even made the devil. God made everything. Of course, he was good then. His name was Lucifer. He just changed his ways and thought he would uh, leave Jesus and do it his way. But I'm thankful I don't worship the burger king or the fallen king. I worship the risen king. And the risen king says, do it this way, my way. And he said, let down your nets. And he said, well, let down one. Man, if I was, now, it's easy to say if I was Peter. Well, if you were Peter, we'd do things Peter's way, right? Someone said, if I were you, if you were me, you'd do things my way, right? If I were you, I'd buy this car. No, if you were me, you'd buy the car I drive because that's what I bought. <laughs> and that's what many times we do. Say, well, God, I understand that you say you do it this way. But, you know, you don't know fishing, God. I mean, fishing? You know, when he said, let down the nets, what if Peter should have done? Peter and John, they were his business partners. He, he should have said, John, James, come on out. Throw your nets down. The master is going to load us up. You know that you throw all your nets down. And then you throw your basketball nets down. And then you throw your hair nets down. And then you spray some Aquanet and throw the internet. Man, you throw all the nets down. Why? Because if you trust Jesus that he's going to do something according to his word, you just put your heart in it. And you really, that that's the key to serving God. That we need to trust God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. That's the key to coming to Jesus. And he, when we come to Jesus, we have to put away kind of our own way of doing things. Because it'll creep up on you. It's like, wow, well, I don't know about that tithe stuff. Because, you know, I can make more in 100 than in 90. Yeah, in math you can. But you see, if God blesses the 90, I can make more on 90 that God blesses than 100 that God doesn't bless. You know that God, when he does something, it's so that net gain. The Bible said that that net began to break, that uh, Peter uh, hadn't learned that lesson yet, and he began to suffer loss. There was that gross gain, and then poof, the net broke. And all those fish, if fish can be happy, they were going back swimming. They're like, woohoo! I don't know if fish are happy, but they just went swimming away, and they probably, I don't know if they smiled, but they were gone, right? And I can imagine Peter, you know, for fishermen, fishes, that's your rent money. And that's your, your, you know, maybe Peter's like, oh man, I just want to cruise with my wife on the, on the, on the, 
the Sea of Galilee last week and I haven't paid my bill and all that fish is going away. I was going to pay my bill with that fish and maybe he's got, I don't know, other kinds of payments. His kids are in private tutoring with the rabbi and the fish went swimming away. He's like, I could have used that too. But you see that when God blesses us, it's important, you know, sometimes if we do things kind of our way and it doesn't work out, what can you gain from that? knowledge. I can find out, you know what? I didn't do it right. But God is such a God of grace. He doesn't just throw us out. He kind of just sits there and let us spin our wheels in the mud and say, are you done yet? Because you can do it the right way. You see, when God comes into our hearts, God wants us to have a game. Annette is used to catch something, isn't it? The Bible said in John chapter 21, Peter learned a lesson. He learned a lesson because in John chapter 21, he went fishing again. Jesus had risen from the dead and they did it again. They they, uh, fished all night and didn't catch anything. And then here's Jesus from the shore. And he said, children, have you any meat? And they said, no. Now, he didn't say this time to catch, to cast all the nets. He said something different. But there's, there's usually some type of instruction from God. You know, God's a very simple God. He could have made Genesis very difficult to understand. You ever wonder why the Bible is just kind of written like a kid could understand it? Well, if God is so smart, why didn't he make it complicated? Well, let me tell you, he wants everyone to understand it. It's made clear so that you and I don't have to read through algorithms and of how the, the earth orbits, what is it, at, at, a, at a, a 23 point something degrees and it's tilted. We don't need all that stuff. I just need to know that the earth was made. I need to know it was divided up from the water so that we could have dry ground. I don't need all the complicated stuff. Jesus said from the shore, just cast your net on the right side. You'll find it. It was the right side. You know, whenever God says to throw it, it's the right side. <laughs> if God says do it this way, that's the right way. And you know, a lot of times, it's not the hard part finding out what God's word says to do. The hard part is doing it. You know, that when we want that net gain, the lesson was learned. The Bible says that Peter cast, and the Bible says that it enclosed a multitude of fishes. The Bible says, and in John chapter 21, in verse 11, they drew the net to land and they counted the fish, 153 big, great fishes, it says in the Bible. It records the fishing catch, right? Yet for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. It was a gross profit, right? It was like their net and their gross were the same. Wouldn't that be neat if the top line on your paycheck was the same as the bottom line? Like, woohoo! Man, no taxes. I just like, wow, I can go buy another car, man. I got another, I could buy another house. You know, I got an extra thousand bucks a month or something. But the Bible says, you know, that the gains, notice what Paul said in Philippians chapter three, but what things were gained to me, I had some net gains in the world. My prestige, my family, my religion. He said, those I counted as a loss. For Christ. Everything that got in front of God, I just kind of threw it out. I remember when I got saved, uh, my priorities changed, and the things that I used to think were important, they weren't important anymore. And the things that I didn't pay any attention to, 
Those were important. Why? Because I saw that God began to build my life. First of all, at an altar of prayer. But second of all, everything that I did, God wanted to make me have gains. So I began to put the things away of the world that promised the gain. But they only gave you sorrow. You know, the Bible says, what fruit had you then in those things whereof you're now ashamed? If it was so good, what do you have to show for it? So I can't talk about it. It's, you know, happened on a Saturday night. Right. It was fun for a little bit, but you couldn't have anything to show for it. But Paul said, what things were gained to me, those counted I lost for Christ. And ye doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. You see, when he's my Lord, I get all the blessings that come with him. And Paul knew that. Wherever Paul went, he brought a revival with him. Wherever Paul went, he brought healing with him. Wherever Paul went, he brought uh, preaching with him. Wherever Paul went, he brought the baptism of the Holy Ghost with him. Wherever Paul went, Paul brought a net game. What? Jesus. You know, the devil tries to take things away from us. And, but Paul said, I, whom I have suffered the loss of all things. You know, in the, in the world, it's going to cost us something. We're going we're gonna to spend, you know, I'm going to spend money whether I go to church or don't go to church. Uh, I'm going to spend money whether I... Uh, uh, serve the Lord or don't serve the Lord. And he said, I've suffered the loss of all things. I faced the loss of all things. But he said, I do count them but dung, manure, that I might win Christ. He said, I've gotten so much from God. I'll take the loss. I've got my net gain in Jesus. You know, but Jesus isn't just content to bless us. And now God will bless us. He desires, the Bible said, he, he, he have, you've not chosen me. I've chosen you. You know, God's, have you ever thought that it's something that God has chosen you. Not, not a church, not a preacher behind the pulpit, but God. He said, you haven't chosen me. I chose you and ordained you. Have you ever been picked for a team before? And uh, no one picks you. <laughs> and then you get down to like the last three guys and the team captain's like, we don't care who those people go to. You can have them all. You know, and if you're one of those three guys... Man, you feel pretty low, don't you? If you weren't good at football or baseball or something, you were in that last three. It's like, take them all. We don't want them. But Jesus said, I've chosen you. I see something in you. Man, would it be, would it be the first pick? You're like, wow, we're the first pick. Like, I want that guy. I want that girl. You're like, yeah, strutting up. But you know that God chooses people that others don't see anything in. God said, I'm going to make you gain with me. You know, it's interesting. Someone asked, you know, if you, if you don't know, have any money, you ask someone who has money. So an old millionaire was asked about how he gained his wealth. So, you know, his grandson said, I want to be, I want to be wealthy like you. Tell me how you did it. He said, okay, sit down, son. He said, when I was in the Great Depression, all I had was five cents. So I took those five cents and I bought an apple. And I shined it up, made it look really pretty. Scrubbed it all day and I sold it. For 10 cents. He said, I took 10 cents. I bought two apples. Scrubbed them and shined them all day. At the end of the day, I sold them for 20 cents. And the, and the little kid's eyes are getting wide, right? And he said, this went on for a week. And the little kid said, and then what happened? Then my uncle died and left me $20 million. <laughs> but you know that when people get... 
when people get wealthy, wonder how they did it. But you see, we find that Jesus, I didn't have a great uncle die and leave me $20 million. I became a joint heir with Christ. When Jesus died, he said, come unto me and you can find rest. If you labor and are heavy laden, you'll find rest for your soul. The Bible said, I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit, listen, should remain. That you would have a gain. That it wouldn't just fall apart, but that your fruit would stay there. And what fruit would remain besides spiritual things? You see, because after that great gain, as my wife comes to the piano, uh, he told He told Peter, he said, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch what? Not fish, but the most important thing to God, the most important thing in the world, the one that that, that Jesus came to die for. He said, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. He said, I can bless you with fish, Peter, but that's just to show you my power. I'm going to show you my heart. And from now on, I want to send you out. To catch a soul from me with the net of the gospel. And to close, I, I'd like to, you know, Peter learned some lessons. He went through a lot. But I believe Peter made some net gains in his life because we read the very last words of Peter. I'd like to share them with you. The last recorded words that we have today. I don't know if he wrote other words, but we don't have them with us today. So the very last words of the apostle Peter are recorded in the last verse of Second Peter. Chapter 3 and verse 18. The Bible says, but grow in grace. What does that mean? To gain in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and since it's going to remain and forever. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed.